It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestone. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist, and I see clients at our Wyzetta office. I also present classes to the community and to local corporations. Last week, I taught a class. It was called Foods for Happy-Focused Kids, and I taught it to a school, a local school district. You know, with some schools starting last week and the rest of schools starting the Tuesday after Labor Day, it's a really timely topic. And my hope is that as parents and educators learn how to eat better themselves, they will also pass on this knowledge to children. 68% of adults are overweight or obese, and 33% of children are overweight or obese. And the Centers for Disease Control state that obese children are more likely to become obese adults compared to normal weight children. So this can lead to more physical and mental health issues. When children are taught things like, you know, eat low-fat foods, and they're told that cereal, juice, and granola bars are healthy, they're starting off their nutrition journey with the wrong information. Kids really need healthy fats, adequate protein, and should not be eating or drinking high-sugar foods or beverages. Many of the, sh- the sugars are hidden in the things I had just mentioned. So you're probably thinking, oh, today our topic is going to be about kids' nutrition. Well, (laughs) it's actually a different topic. But the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I have a very special guest in the studio. And she actually went on her first diet. Was it when you were 12? Yes. 12 years old. And proceeded to diet on and off for 25 years. Absolutely. That's me. (laughs) many adults, you know, with weight issues do get off to a poor nutritional start when they're kids. They carry the misinformation and poor habits with them into adulthood. We see this every day with our clients and class members. So I'm really honored and excited to introduce Nell Calls. Hi, Welcome, Nell. Thank you. So nice to be here. It's great to be here with you. I've known her for six years, and I've seen her go through a transformation. She is a nutritional weight and wellness educator. She teaches classes for us. She's been on many of our past radio shows. You'll also hear a fantastic advertisement here on my talk that she does. And she's graciously giving us her time today to talk about her 90-pound weight loss journey. Thanks, Cara. And sure, it's been a journey. Yes. And when you're talking about getting off to the right start for kids, Mm -hmm. I am a child of the 70s. I was born in 71. And there was no poorer nutritional start than being born and raised in the 70s and 80s when the low-fat craze was going crazy. And basically, uh, corn pops at the breakfast table Mm -hmm. were kind of very common. Um, I always tell people I was eating the exact wrong diet for my body type, which was if you see a carb, you will gain weight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So those unhealthy habits really did stick with me for a very long time until I started my first diet when I was 12 and proceeded to really, uh, really pursue the low fat uh, diet for 25 years, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 
you know, you've lost approximately 90 pounds since you started this journey in 2008. It's just a phenomenal accomplishment. Thank you. But I really think listeners will want to know how you lost the weight, how you've kept it off, and if you've encountered any roadblocks along the way. So we're going to try to cover all those things in the next hour. Yeah, it should but be good. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could just start out telling everyone how you first heard about nutritional weight and wellness and what prompted you to take that first class and sign up for your first nutrition consultation? Yes. So when I introduce myself to my nutrition for weight loss classes, I always tell the story about how I, when my talk first started on the air, I was uh, always scared of the noontime slot, which is when Dishing Up Nutrition used to be on. Because I remember hearing Dar's voice and she was talking about nutrition. I heard her one day say something about pasta being (laughs) not the best choice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to hear that message at that time. I still wanted to believe that I could eat anything I wanted in moderation and still lose weight, even though I was tipping the scales just about 270 at that time. And so one day I I heard a man's voice um, on the radio and I was doing my regular uh, Saturday afternoon uh, errands. And so I was tricked. I didn't hear Dar. I heard Gary (laughs) Taubes instead. And by the time that I heard Dar's voice, it was too late to I couldn't turn the radio (laughs) off because I was in denial. Let's Mm -hmm. face it. Um, And Gary said something in those like brief minutes that um, stuck with me. He says, if you're if you are obese and you have been following either, you know, a low fat diet or, you know, any of these diet plans. Basically, he was talking about me. I was mm-hmm. on Weight Watchers on and off for 25 years. They will never work and they have never worked. So where does that leave you, right? And I made a, I made an appointment for a consultation the next week. Okay. And in the meantime, I took a Jumpstart Your Metabolism course with my husband. Mm-hmm. And so I got a little bit of information from that, and then I just wanted to go deeper. And I remember, I actually remember making the phone call, and they said, well, Cara would be a good fit for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad that you came in. (laughs) When you heard Gary Tobbs, when you were tricked into listening to Dishing (laughs) Up Nutrition, and you heard him say that the By the way, then I never stopped listening to Dishing Up Nutrition after that. (laughs) I I even have listened all the way back to 2007 to the old podcast. I am a junkie. so groupie, a junkie. (laughs) Well, so you remember him saying, Gary Taub said, the low-calorie, low-fat approach doesn't work for weight loss. And then you came in and made your appointment, and I told you (laughs) to incorporate healthy fat into your meals and snacks, and I told you to eat five or six times per day. (laughs) So that must have been very, very different from the messages you'd been given about nutrition and weight loss as a child and as an adult, Absolutely. Right? So usually when you walk into one of these programs, they give you a list of things to stop eating. <laughs> stop eating this and don't eat that. And your approach and nutritional weight and wellness's approach was so different in that here I am t- tipping the scales at 270 and and you're telling me to eat and to eat things that I've been depriving myself for years or binge mm-hmm. eating them when I couldn't stand it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like uh, fat, for like example. Fat, for example. Mm-hmm. So that is that was so refreshing. And let's let's I just want to remind people of where I was when I hit your office in 2008. I was uh, hopeless. I had tried everything. I, I, I was making a personal decision that um, I was just going to give up the pursuit of getting thin or or losing weight, just being at a healthier weight. 
Um, and just accepting that I was going to be that size for the rest of my life because I tried everything and nothing mm-hmm. worked. And so when I hit Kara's office, I was I was at the end of my rope. And so when she told me all of this, it was like, bah, what do I have to lose? <laughs> just You're probably thinking it's not going to work, but why not try one more thing? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, even though our nutritional weight and wellness eating plan was different than Weight Watchers and other more calorie counting type diets you'd seen, you decided just to go ahead and embrace this new way of eating. But maybe you could give listeners some examples of how you prepared all this food we were telling you to eat. And what did you eat for your first meals and snacks? Yeah. So I remember making a turkey, wild rice, delicious casserole. I think it was a Minnesota wild rice casserole (laughs) that first week. Yeah, I remember it very distinctly. You gave me all this stuff. I went away and I I remember going on this mammoth shopping trip and I bought all this stuff, made made all this food, made all these recipes. And I had my old dieting imprint in my brain at that time, which was, Okay, I'm going to do this for two weeks. I'm going to go in and check in with Kara, and the weight is just going to just tumble off, mm-hmm. right? You know, because I'd been trained to expect a twelve to twelve to fifteen pound weight loss hit any diet that I chose. So I was eating five to six times a day. I was doing it perfectly, and then I went into your office, and I didn't lose an ounce. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not quite time to take a break, but I think I'm going to go ahead because otherwise, if we get into the next part of your story, yeah, I don't want to be cutting you off. So Excellent. we'll go ahead and take a break and you'll hear more from now when we come back. But first, I would like to talk about a really interesting study on weight loss. And this was shared by Jonathan Baylor. He's the author of The Calorie Myth. In 2006, researchers compared two groups of adults. Their ages were 20 to 60. So the first group followed the traditional weight loss advice, which was eat less and exercise more. They ate a typical Western diet while doing 40 minutes of aerobic exercise per day, six days a week. The second group ate more and exercised less. This group ate higher protein and lower carbohydrates in their diet, and they exercised about half as much as the first group. Their workouts were very different, though, and the workouts were focused not so much on cardio, but on and on like lengthy cardio, but on short, high intensity cardio and resistance training. So Nell's going to give more details on the weight loss outcomes of these two groups when we come back. And please give us a call today if you have a question. 651-641-1071. A lot of times when you bump into someone who's lost weight, you say, hey, how'd you do that? I'm here with Leo. I bet you hear that a lot. You've lost almost 50 pounds. How'd you do that? I went to Nutritional Weight and Wellness and took their Nutrition for Weight Loss program. And what's that about? That's an eating plan that allows you to eat real food and you lose weight. Are you hungry? No, not at all. I eat six times a day, and one of their mottos is stay ahead of hunger, and that's exactly what I do. Now, Leo's a dad of teens, a husband, a full-time worker, busy young man in his 40s, and you say you don't really exercise. No, uh, much to the dismay of my nutritionist, I haven't been able to exercise. But you've still been able to lose weight. Yeah, absolutely. Leo says it's changed his life. Maybe it can do the same for you. It's the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you want to find out what Nutrition for Weight Loss can do for you, go to weightandwellness.com or place a call, 651-699-3438. 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Nell Calls, nutrition educator, and I'm here with Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Today we're talking about my weight loss journey. I've lost 90 pounds and maintained the weight loss since 2010. Before break, Kara was talking about a study monitoring weight loss in two groups of people. The first group ate the standard American diet, took in fewer calories, and exercised almost twice as much. The second group ate higher protein, lower carb, and actually ate more calories. They also exercised about half as much, but the exercise was more intense. The second group who ate more calories had a 21% decrease in body fat and a 16% decrease in belly fat over 12 weeks. The first group who ate fewer calories but higher in carbs had only a 10% decrease in body fat and 8% decrease in belly fat. The higher calorie group also increased lean muscle by 9%, while the lower calorie group had a 4% decrease in lean muscle. That almost mimics exactly my, my experience. <laughs> Clearly, a calorie in is not a calorie out. The type of food we eat and the kind of exercise we do matters more than the total calories and total hours spent exercising. Amen. Isn't that just so interesting? I mean, we know that. That's what we teach. But I love finding a study (laughs) like that. And anyone that is wanting to lose weight really needs to embrace the fact that they need to eat. Right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And eating in real food. You know, just don't eat anything. But real food, not processed food. Balancing the blood sugar is really key for weight loss, and there's so many benefits. The body can finally take fat out of storage and start burning it as energy. So not only do people have fewer cravings, they have more energy. Yes, and when you have more energy, then exercise doesn't seem like such a chore anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the thing with the calories in, calorie out. You You kind of put the cart before the horse, so you're telling obese people to get out there and move and really that they don't have the energy to move. So you got to get the food right first. And that helps. Yeah, you have to get the food right first. I think somebody told me it's like, you know, almost 90% food, 10% exercise Mm -hmm. and and really looking at exercises that as that, um, you know, that really key, uh, key to a healthy lifestyle cycle, but you really need to get the food right. And those cravings, if you're not addressing those underlying cravings, you can't really stay on any kind of eating plan that will support your health for a long term because mm-hmm. you're always craving. You're obsessed with food. I used to tell the story um, I, when I was in my full-blown craving cycles, 270, uh, I, would, I would imagine that food was staring at me from the refrigerator, especially, <laughs> especially leftover pizza <laughs> or ice cream. And I wasn't really, I couldn't be content or satisfied or um, just at ease until I had eaten the food. And so that's like at, it's, that's, that's what a craving is, is when you just are so compelled mm-hmm. to eat that food and you can't relax until you've eaten it. And it's not, we know it's not about willpower. No. This is biochemical. Yeah. It had nothing to do with willpower. Mm-hmm. I was actually craving that food. Your blood sugar was low. There were probably some other nutrient deficiencies exactly. going on. We'll talk more about that. But, you know, a big part of this balancing blood sugar is to get adequate animal protein. Examples would be eggs, turkey, beef, even whey pro- a good quality whey protein powder mm-hmm. in a smoothie. All of these protein sources 
act as building blocks for neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. These are feel-good brain chemicals that not only reduce cravings, but lead to better moods. Yeah. So your moods, you used to talk about how you noticed a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all of this. It's like kind of like a big snowball effect. Like everything starts working together. So you have more energy. Your mood is better. Like I said, when I hit Kara's office, I was depressed. I was, I have suffered from anxiety for years. And when I started eating this way, even though, like I said before the break, I wasn't, I wasn't immediately losing weight. I started to notice I was sleeping better and that my mood was better, uh, that I was more of a hopeful person. And, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but, but as, as, I, as my nutrition education has continued, I realized, oh, I was making neurotransmitters finally, <laughs> not right. getting my you zest felt good, sugar. And now in hindsight, you know why. Why, yes. More serotonin, more dopamine. Feel so good. <laughs> that first year, we call it eating PFC, the balance of protein, fat, and carbohydrate. I bet listeners want to know if you lost weight. You had, before break, you had started saying, yeah. kind of clue us into that you didn't. Yeah, but. so this is the most common thing that, that is raised in my Nutrition for Weight Loss classes is when people have been on the plan for, you know, a couple weeks, maybe a month. Um, we're very trained as overweight and obese people to, if we've been on any kind of diet plan, to expect that immediate hit of weight loss. In my case, it was always about 12 pounds on Weight Watchers. And when that doesn't come on this plan, you instantly think it doesn't work um, and that it's just another thing that's not going to work. So what um, Kara kept telling me through that first year was that you need to be healthy to lose weight, not the other way around. So we've got that backwards in this culture Mm -hmm. where we think uh, healing our bodies after years of damage doing these diets is too much time to spend. Mm -hmm. And really what I had to do was take the time element out of it. And so after a year of kind of being a slow adopter, and that's a kind way of saying I was maybe <laughs> maybe eating the weight and wellness way 60% of the time and still okay. sliding through the drive-thru. So you obviously made some big improvements. Yes, yes. But it wasn't like you stopped soda and Exactly, M&Ms exactly. And things and, like that. Okay. And pizza on Friday nights <laughs> and all of these mm-hmm. good things. But I had done enough good fats and enough change that my body did heal over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Now, people, that stops people in their tracks. A year. But I really had to take the time element out of it. Now, you say, oh, it t- took you so long to lose the weight. But once I lost it, it was gone, you know. And I, mm-hmm. and I have, my quality of life is so good. I mean, vibrant good health mm-hmm. can be yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, another thing, too, which is huge, is that you were maintaining. Right. Because, uh, you know, people forget that they, they get in these cycles of losing and gaining and losing and gaining. They start a diet and then they want to just lose, lose, lose. Yes. You maintained your weight that entire year. Which, in hindsight, you're right. It doesn't feel good when you feel like you're putting all this effort into something yeah. and you're doing all this cooking and you're not losing. My mind had to shift to, oh, my gosh, if I had not started with Kara, I would have been... 300 pounds mm-hmm. by the end of that year. There's no question in my mind. That's you, the trajectory. You were healing your body and you were maintaining. And I was maintaining. Um, and that needed to happen before I could lose a single pound, right? It, yes. And you also, you know, you had stated that you had more energy, fewer cravings, better moods. You were sleeping better. I even remember you saying your skin improved. Yes, a lot. And I'm sure it was a little bit frustrating to not see the weight loss, but I know 
after that first year, then you kind of took it a step further and maybe you could talk about what you changed yeah. and when you started losing. Yeah. So when I started losing, I, I actually remember the conversation. People, you have conversations in your head about things. And I had, I had like I said, I was doing it 60% of the time. And I, so I didn't really, I hadn't really made that commitment, right, to, to doing mm-hmm. it. Were you eating five, six times a day? Eh, yeah, you know, okay. for the most part. Um, but I was still having Friday pizza nights. Like I said, I would take the weekends off. This is a very familiar top, familiar mm-hmm. idea with overweight and obese people is you do a diet and then you take the weekend off. Right. Um, so I think, I think when I decided that, you know, I need to be more consistent, it's all I did. I lowered my expectations about the amount of weight I was going to lose per, per week or per month or even per year. Um, I took the time element out of it. And then lo and behold, paradoxically, which is how, in my experience, weight loss works, um, I started to lose. And I started to lose consistently for two and a half years. I started to have the energy and the zest to want to try activities, um, different exercise. So all so of those So you incorporated, things. did you kind of like really look at your carbohydrates intake yes at that point yes the the i am very carbohydrate sensitive as 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 people have heard and so i have to when i'm in weight loss mode uh i really have to watch my carbohydrate intake um i have to make sure i'm getting enough protein Mm -hmm. and i have to make sure i'm getting enough fat um but where i always seem to start gaining weight back or not feeling as good is when my carbohydrate intake goes up. Okay. For sure. So when you started losing, were you reducing the amount of breads, yes. potatoes, pasta? You were so good because you could on, you only gave me what I could handle in little baby steps. So at first I was still eating gluten. I was still eating some bread products. And then, you know, I lost about 20 pounds and was like feeling good, hit a plateau. And you're like, well, maybe try giving up bread and gluten. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And then I, that kicked me back into a weight loss mode again. And so I lost another 20 pounds. And then you're like, then I stalled out again. And you said, well, maybe try giving up dairy. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby right? steps indeed. <laughs> and though, I mean, I'm, those are actually really big, really things. big steps, but you didn't, on the first day I hit your office, you didn't say give up gluten, give up dairy. Like a lot, right. I hear a lot of people having that experience yeah. with. And some people are ready and actually exactly. for health reasons, some people do need to do that. But I think as nutritionists, we try to get a feel for what who is you're, Who's in your office realistic. and you knew if you hit me with that, I would have <laughs> run out the door screaming. <laughs> oh, now that's such a great story. And I, I want to talk more after break about insulin resistance. Oh, yeah. Most, I, I don't want to say most, all obese people have insulin resistance. Absolutely. And so that's something that I want to address. But we're going to take a break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are struggling with weight loss or are concerned about a health issue, we have a perfect solution for you. Our Nutrition for Weight Loss series teaches you how to eat real foods for weight loss, more energy, better sleep, better moods, and much more. Now, if you have a question today for myself or for Nell, give us a call at the studio, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And I'm Nell Calls, here with Cara Carper. We have six different Nutrition for Weight Loss series that will be starting the week of September 16th. 
Tuesday night, September 16th, there are evening classes in both the Wyzetta and St. Paul offices. Wednesday night, September 17th, in Maple Grove. Thursday night, September 18th, we have classes at our Mendota Heights, Lakeville, and North Oaks offices. Lots of choices for you. Uh, I will be teaching, I think, at the St. Paul office. It's hard to get my calendar together, but I will be teaching some series at the St. Paul office. You can call our office at 651-699-3438 or sign up online at weightandwellness.com. All right. That's great that you're teaching that one. Yeah. I think it's the latter half of a series. Because so. a lot of us are kind of splitting Yeah, yeah, And lately. it's good because you get different perspectives, which is good because mm-hmm. I... Like I said, you're my main nutritionist, but I go, I've seen Brenna, I saw Anna. I think it's Mm -hmm. good to just get a variety of perspectives, and so we brought that Mm -hmm. into our classes. Right, right. Everyone's got a different story and different background. You learn so much. So I'm going to go ahead and take, we have a caller here. Anne, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question today? Hi, Anne, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Sorry about that. That's okay. I'm curious what you guys think of the paleo diet. The paleo. Paleo. Well, I don't know all of the exact details. I've had several clients who have kind of dabbled with paleo. I think uh-huh. like any specific diet, I think one downside could potentially be um, somebody who is using a lot of flours. Yeah. Like substitute type flours and eating a lot of baked goods. Yeah. That's just one thing that, that, um, that I'm... I have experienced with when I when I have gone too far down the path of um, maybe something like a paleo diet with um, with eating a lot of substitute (laughs) like muffins made from almond flour rather than flour flour. So it's just instead of having like sweet potatoes and vegetables. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Is I can I can gain weight doing that just as easily as I can, you know, eating a flour muffin. So that's just one thing to be aware of is that sometimes um, people people when they they say, oh, I'm going to go paleo, they often uh, it's kind of like when some people go gluten free. And they say, I'm going gluten-free, but then they start replacing all of the gluten items with gluten-free brownies, <laughs> gluten-free this and gluten-free that. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can be just as, um, it can put, you can put the weight on just as, as easily with, with really any diet unless it's, unless it's focusing on the basics, which is lower carbohydrate, um, getting your protein and adding, adding healthy fat in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I know that I know a lot of people, um, have, have been very successful with the paleo diet. I, I pers- my personal perspective is that it's not the best way for somebody who's struggling with overweight or obesity to go. Have you tried it, Anne? I have. Okay. Did, was it successful for you for what your yeah, goals were? Yeah, you know, it is. I haven't done a lot of the substitutions, you know, with the different kinds That's of cool. flowers and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just sticking to just real foods. On- you know, sorry. Oh, just yeah. Sticking to real foods is the way to go. Exactly. Yeah. Great question. Had, though. You know, a lot of luck with that, but I was just curious what you, what you thought of it. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you look at all of the different diets out there, that is going to be one that's fairly similar to nutritional weight and wellness for sure. As far as focusing on the protein and healthy fats. And we would just want to emphasize getting in adequate vegetables in place of you know, a lot of the flowers and things like that. Yeah. So bread substitutes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thanks for your call, Anne. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Now, everyone's bodies are so different. And I, before break, started talking about being insulin resistant or insulin resistant, and that can make it very difficult to lose weight. So some people start eating protein, fat, and carbohydrate in balance and can still have some treats here and there, and they lose weight. Now, others with insulin resistance, which comes from usually years of low-calorie, low-fat eating and kind of that gaining and losing cycle, they are going to need to take it a step further like you did and be more conscious of everything going in their mouth. So that might mean that, the like like you said, you were taking the weekends off. Yeah. Pizza Fridays, (laughs) Diet Coke. Occasional yeah. bag of M and M's, maybe some, you know, a couple glasses of wine. Yeah, it's going to be really tough, right? Right, to lose weight if an insulin resistant person is doing those things. Right, exactly. So that that's such a great point because we all have these these people in our lives, and I'm just going to go on on a limb and call them irritating people in our lives who they can eat whatever they want and still lose weight or maintain weight. Uh, and, and, and I get that question all the time. Well, my friend eats, you know, garbage and Doritos and this and that, and, uh, they're thin as a rail. Uh, that is a testament to how different everybody's body is. And so you're, you're exactly right. When I try to drink, for example, when I want to get in weight loss mode, there was a period of time when I was eating the weight and wellness way, but I was still, drinking a ton of wine on the weekends. And by a ton, I mean like, you know, sharing a half a bottle with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I would weigh myself on Monday morning and I would have gained four pounds. And so it was really clear to me that that was inhibiting my progress. And so I just decided that I would back off on the alcohol for that period of time. And so things like alcohol and starchy carbohydrates like cereal, bread, crackers, pasta, and cookies and cake, Uh, sweetened beverages, juice, soda, all those types of things are going to be stored as fat much more easily when somebody has insulin resistance. It's almost like you can visualize it as going in your mouth and Mm -hmm. going right into fat storage. Absolutely. So So people need to heal. Absolutely. That's what I needed to do for that first year that you were working with me is to heal that insulin resistance, which is very stubborn Mm -hmm. because I was eating bad oils, for example, Um, So people who need to heal, they need to avoid hydrogenated oils and refined oils, such as vegetable oil, corn oil, soybean oil, canola oil. Those oils can lead to insulin resistance. So eating those healthy fats actually heals the cell membrane. So when I eat my healthy fat, my coconut oil, my olive oil, my avocados, my butter, my nuts, I am actually healing my body. And that's what was happening that first year. Mm -hmm. My cell membranes were healing so that I could lose that weight. We call it in giving your body an oil change. Yes, that's great. <laughs> Omega-3 fats are wonderful for healing insulin resistance. And for stubborn metabolism, we recommend 3,000 to 6,000 milligrams per day yeah. of omega-3 fish oil. And healing the cell membranes with omega-3 fish oil is going to help glucose be burned more efficiently as energy instead of going right into fat storage. Yeah, I take my 3,000 every day. I, and me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, just, you know, it's anti-inflammatory. There's just a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. For omega-3s. Diana Schwartzbein, she does a great job of explaining all of this in her book, The Schwartzbein Principle. She states that the long-term, low-fat, high-carb dieting 
leads to insulin resistance and, if continued, can result in type 2 diabetes. The same diet, she states, makes diabetics even sicker. Wow. So on the flip side of that, changing eating so that it's balanced with plenty of healthy fat and protein and reducing high-carbohydrate intake will moderate blood sugars and result in lower insulin levels. So let's back up for a minute and talk about stubborn cravings. Some people can start eating in balance five times a day, for example, and their cravings just go away. Others might need a little more support. Yes, exactly. So one of the key components we teach in our Nutrition for Weight Loss series is that people have to address cravings in order to be able to stay on a good eating plan long enough to lose weight. That is the truth. In addition to eating PFC, protein, fat, and carb, five to six times a day, I did add supplements, and I still use supplements uh, to help keep me on track. So when when I started working with Cara, I had really no chance of stopping the ice cream and the pizza from um, staring at me (laughs) if I didn't have some extra support. So I used a supplement called Crave Control, and I still use Crave Control when I'm going into on vacation or um, during holidays when I feel like I'm going to be in sticky eating situations. And it just takes that edge off what I used to call an itchy tongue when you just want to eat something and you're kind of looking around to eat something, but you're not really hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. So Crave Control, if people might not know exactly what that is, it it's a supplement that has amino acids that create neurotransmitters. Those yeah, it's happy really good for mood. Chemicals. Yeah, it's, it's good for mood. It's great for reducing cravings. Protein is going to give us these same amino acids, but the supplement is just giving a higher amount, like you said, in times of greater need. Yeah, yeah. So the dose really is going to vary, I would say, with the intensity of the person's cravings. Yes. People can start out with one before each meal, but sometimes they might need two or three before each meal. Yeah, I was at three when I was, my cravings were really intense. So you were doing like three before breakfast? Three before lunch, lunch. so nine per day, and it just made all the difference between me. And and people who struggle with weight know this feeling of, I just, I just, I'm just, you're just always thinking about food. You're just... You can't stop. And this actually helped really stop thinking. So it kind of helped you like stick to your eating plan. Yeah, yeah. So I was eat- so I was eating the food as the good basis. But then, you know, so what made it so powerful for me was I was I, I lost that obsession with getting seconds mm-hmm. or um, eating bread with butter or toast or whatever it happened to be. I just, it just took that edge off is the best what way that I amazing feeling. Yeah. It was like, I, I tell people it was like being let out of jail because my food cravings were like a prison for me because yeah. I was so, it, it just took up so much of my time mm-hmm. thinking about food, when I'm going to get food, um, being at a party and thinking, I wonder if it'll look weird if I go up for seconds because I'm so heavy. Like all of those emotional things, when you eliminate that from your life, it oh, is like I, being let I out like of jail. I like that phrase. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. very powerful. It's very, it was a very powerful feeling, yeah. let me tell you. <laughs> well, this hour is going really fast. We It's time for our last break already. Uh, but I would like to mention that Nell wrote a great article for our Nutritional Weight and Wellness e-newsletter last week. It's called Why I'm Not Tempted by Quick Fixes and Weight Loss Fads. You can find her article on our website, weightandwellness.com. It's under the tab Resources, and then just click on Blog. Um, You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we'll be right back.
Here's a little weight loss math. On any given day, 100 million of us are on a diet, and we spend $20 billion a year on books, plans, bills, and surgeries. So how come for so many people, the number on the scale is so upsetting? It's like cholesterol and blood pressure numbers, higher than it should be. Are you looking for a new way to change those numbers? Then let me tell you about the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Now think about it for a minute. The approach is called Nutrition for Weight Loss, not feeling too hungry to sleep for weight loss or eating icky bars for weight loss. Nutrition for Weight Loss teaches you how to eat real food to leave you satisfied and in balance. How to use nutrition to naturally bump up your metabolism. It's based on sound science, not celebrities who make millions pitching products. Are you ready to see how it adds up for you? Then dial the number at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. It's 651-699-3438 or go online at weightandwellness.com to sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Nell Calls, nutrition educator here with Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Here is another study to support what we've been saying today in regard to eating more protein and fewer carbohydrates to lose weight. The Journal of Nutrition published a study in August 2005 that examined two different kinds of diets. One group was eating high protein and low carb. The other group was eating low protein and high carb. Both groups ate the same amount of calories and did the same amount of exercise. The group eating more protein and fewer carbs lost more total weight and fat mass and preserved more lean muscle mass compared to the other group. These are the same type of results we discussed earlier in the show with the other study. More and more research is pointing to higher protein and reduced carbohydrate eating for long-term weight loss. Yeah, that's similar to the other study yeah. that we were talking about. Exactly. So looks like we have a caller here. Good morning, Donna. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question today? Well, two quick questions. One is how much exercise is a good amount to get? We were talking about exercise earlier. And the second one is when I eat, you know, just the protein and vegetables and fat, um, I feel still a little shaky after a meal. Not, I mean, sometimes, like, it feels like I'm not really satisfied and, like, my blood sugar maybe isn't right still or something. And I'm wondering okay. how to combat that. So is your goal, do you have a goal of weight loss? Yes. Okay. Do you know how much fat you're eating? Like, have you, do you measure it out or? Well, that's, I, I might be having too much. I don't know, but hmm. I don't really measure it out. Okay. Well, now what, what is your take on that? Yeah, I would say, I would say the fat, the, the amount of protein, I would measure the protein to make sure you're at least getting four ounces because sometimes we, we eyeball something and it seems like, yeah, that looks like four ounces and it really isn't a sufficient amount of protein. I would also say the fat is a key component to balancing the blood sugar. And then Cara made an interesting point about maybe um, if you're eating light vegetables, something like a salad or um, you know, green beans or something, maybe it would be good, or spinach, it would be good to add a little bit of um, a starchy carbohydrate, like my favorite, sweet potatoes, um, to your meal to, to balance out that blood sugar. How much, pro, how much of the sweet potato? Um, <clears throat> about a half a cup should okay. give you what you need. Um, or you could do a small piece of fruit, mm-hmm. whatever. Wild rice. Wild rice in your eggs. Yep, yep. That would be good. And, and for, go ahead. Well, how much uh, how much fat then? Um, I would say what what do you think, Cara? One to well, two I'm tablespoons. I'm thinking at least a tablespoon 
per meal and per snack. Yeah. If if you're feeling shaky, you want to make sure you're not skimping on that. So that would be like a tablespoon of coconut oil, a tablespoon of butter, uh, half of an avocado, maybe um, at least an eighth of a cup of nuts. Yeah, I would say measuring is probably a really good idea just to make sure you're you're being a little more precise as you're you're figuring out how to how to how your blood sugar is working. Okay. Yeah. So give give that a try. Um, and we we have great classes too that can help you kind of perfect that if you're right. having a hard time with the portions. And okay. then now I was, could you talk about the exercise piece as yeah, well? Because we no were going to lead into that. Yeah. In our script. So I would say, you know, based on my experience with weight loss, I would shift to a more um, strength based uh, activity, something like kettlebells or working out um, with weights versus doing long sessions of cardiovascular work. Um, it's not to say I love walking, so I do a lot of walking, but I also really focus on that strength training. And since I've done that, I have noticed that it's it's moved the number on the scale, but more importantly, it's helped to change my body composition so that I may weigh a little more, but my clothes fit a lot better. For sure. And I would say strength training two to three times a week. And then how long each? um, You know, I'll I'll just give you my example. So the only example I have, because I never really did strength training before, but I do kettlebells. And those sessions run about 35 minutes, three days a week. And and really, that's all I need. And I do supplement with walking just because I enjoy it. Um, but I have found really good weight loss results as well as just, oh, my, my booty looks good and my, I just feel good. Your body is lean. Lean. Mm -hmm. And it just, I feel like I'm standing taller and straighter and, and, and really, um, my clothes fit a lot. Really, really, really good. (laughs) Great questions though. Thank you so much, Donna, for your call. Thank you. Okay, so we let's quickly talk about a couple of other supplements, sure. and then I want to ask you more about the body composition piece because it's yeah. so interesting. Um, but Crave Control really helped you to stay on track. And then there's a couple other supplements, too, though, that I know were helpful for you. Yeah, so um, L-glutamine and bifido, incredibly helpful, not only with just the weight loss, but just my immune system so much better. I mean, I knock on wood every time I say this, but I, I don't get sick basically ever. Mm -hmm. I see the doctor one time a year. Um, So all that good bacteria is helping support my digestion, which helps reduce the sugar and carb cravings. And that's the the good bacteria is the Bifido. And then the glutamine helps to heal that intestinal tract, which is so important because I damaged it so much with all of the antibiotics I was on, with all of the sugar and and, Mm -hmm. and the uh, yo-yo dieting. And L-glutamine, that's an amino acid, and it's really helpful for healing the gut and also for sugar and carbohydrate and alcohol cravings. Yes, it does help with my cravings, for sure. So that that's really a great protocol for somebody who's struggling with cravings is the Crave Control, the L-glutamine, and the bifidobacteria. That's Dar's magic formula. It is her magic. Oh, I guess that's where I got that <laughs> from Dar. But... So you, ha- I know you have a passion for exercise, and you were briefly mentioning kettlebells. I know you've been yeah. doing kettlebells lately, but 
Can you talk about some of the exercise you've done over the past six years and how that's really played an important role for the weight loss? Yeah, and I always, I didn't always like exercise, so let's just say that. Um, I think living as an obese person, you learn to to limit yourself in that way and think you can't do things. Um, So when I started, when the ball started to get rolling with the weight loss, I became a yoga aficionado and I was doing hot yoga. I did a boot camp. Um, All, I've tried so many things. And um, but I was really, you know, something was was missing. um, And I feel like it was that really that the strength training Mm -hmm. um, has really in the past five months, which is uh, the last time I was on the radio show, I was struggling with a 30 pound weight gain. Um, and I'm happy to report that I've lost 20 of those 30 pounds in five months. Thank you. Had to get the food right as you as mm-hmm. um, I went through a stressful time where I wasn't getting the food right, and so I packed on those pounds. And what what became clear to me, I had started doing the kettlebells, and I was still gaining weight. So, I, but I wasn't getting the food right still. Mm-hmm. So, a powerful combination for me became getting that food right. And then, um, and then the kettlebells. I had energy to do the kettlebells, which is basically a ball, a ball of iron with a <laughs> handle on it. And Dar does kettlebells. Yes, as I well, know. She was she? the she was the reason that I you know that I that I found it in the first place mm-hmm. and kind of thought I could do that too. Um, so I train at a at a studio called Crossroads Kettle Strength in Egan with a woman named Jen. And what I think was really important um, for for me was that I did get someone who taught me the right form so I didn't injure mm-hmm. myself. And she mixes it up, you know. So And it's a real small studio. And you'll find, I always tell my students, when they're just kind of still timid about activity and exercise, is a lot of these studios, including a lot of the kettlebell studios and strength training studios, will offer you a free week so you can do a lot of sampling. And that really helped to change your body composition. Yes, yes. And so, and what a, does that you're mean? A smaller right, smaller size yes. at the same weight, or a little were... bit bigger weight. You know, so right yeah. now, I would say I am at a smaller size than even after I get, lost the ninety pounds. Okay, so, so you just—it's the same number on the scale. Yep, same number on the scale, but where I was kind of squeezing into a twelve—not um, squeezing, but you know, fitting it. The twelve is now loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, just, it just changes the way your body looks. So one of the things I would say is someone struggling with that last 10 or 20 pounds, maybe, maybe, you know, do add a little strength training and Mm -hmm. change that body composition up a little bit. And and you have to get the nutrition right though. Absolutely. That's always, or it won't work. (laughs) Well, Nell, thank you so much for being on the show today. You have a very powerful story and hopefully anyone who is struggling with weight and can relate to your story will be inspired to make changes. I hope so. Everyone have a great Labor Day weekend. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.